0: This is episode one of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast with Sarah Jane.
1: The service that I felt like I was, you know, made for in this life, uh, service to other people where music in itself sometimes can be uh, sort of a selfish sort of thing if you go to performer route. I don't know if selfish is the right word, but I just felt like like music was meant to be shared in a way. Um, So I did a lot of research and um, figured out that music therapy seemed like my path. Um, I had had an experience with a little girl who was autistic um, when I was in a, a musical in The Wizard of Oz one time, and she was just really drawn to my character as Glinda the Witch. And she was a kiddo that um, couldn't carry on a reciprocal conversation, but when you put her up there, she knew every word to every song and all the words to the play, and you know just really thrived in that environment. And that really, you know, showed me, um, you know, the power of music in that way.
0: You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Beautiful listeners, and welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. I'm super excited to share this conversation with Sarah Jane with you. Sarah Jane has been a practicing music therapist for, I think, over 10 years at this point, and she has done a lot of moving in her career. She's started businesses in various places, and she also is now working more of a traditional nine-to-five route, and she has some awesome insight about how those things vary, what it's like working in different places, and things that anyone can be thinking about at any stage of either of those options. Private practice, being a contractor, working for a larger company, and thinking about what's working for me, what's not, how can I responsibly change the trajectory of what I'm currently doing. And she also has some awesome resources for intervention ideas, song suggestions. She has a website that's linked in the show notes as well as a YouTube channel. So please check those out. Show her some support. Tell her we sent you from the podcast. I hope you get as much out of this conversation as I did. If you're liking what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes. I would love to be able to read some of these reviews at the end of the episodes so that everyone else can hear what your thoughts are. You know, how's the podcast going? What do you think? What's your takeaway from the episode? Also, join our Facebook group, uh, find us on social media, and yeah, let's create a dialogue. Let's create a community about these amazing conversations we're having and sharing. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Sarah Jane welcome to the podcast thank you so much Trisha thanks for being here with us because I'm I'm really excited about this so (laughs) uh just some background for people listening we met at the New England conference right and every time I talked to you you just had so much insight and like so many wonderful experiences to share and I'm super excited to dive into those more and just hear what you have to say so thank you for making the Uh time Absolutely. Yeah, that was a great conference. And
1: um, it was it's always wonderful to get back together with music therapists and just find that connection, um, especially back on the beach to close um, in a circle surrounded by other voices singing. That was just really powerful moment for me for,
0: for that conference. Yeah. And it was close to your home, too, which I'm sure made it that much more special.
1: It was. Yeah, it definitely um, was a bonus that the um, conference this year was on Cape Cod. So, you know, jetting over there was uh, was easy to do and didn't require, um, you know, too much, too much effort. And um, I definitely look forward to more New England conferences in the
0: future as well, though. Yeah, totally. All righty. So obviously music therapy is a huge part of our identity and we'll get into all of that, but tell us a little bit about yourself outside of the music realm. Oh my gosh. Uh,
1: my whole life sort of centers around music. It feels like um, my son's name is even jazz. Um, so um Yeah, outside of that, I'm I'm a mom and a wife and a lover of life and a southern island girl at heart, no matter what. Um, Love the beach and um, being by the ocean and love to travel. Um, But, you know, my life really centers so much on music um, personally as well as professionally.
0: Yeah, that's great. And it's important that we use it in our personal lives, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Alrighty. So tell us, take us on your music therapy journey, how you found it, how you ended up where you are now, stops along the way. All right. Super
1: condensed version. Um, I, um, you know, I went to college the first time, which I say college the first time and didn't really find anything that, you know, grabbed me and grabbed my spirit and grabbed my heart. And I went and spent a couple years in the Virgin Islands in the Caribbean, and um, while I was there, I had a bit of an epiphany about going back to school and what would really draw me into the service that I felt like I was you know, made for in this life, uh, service to other people, where music in itself sometimes can be uh, sort of a selfish sort of thing if you go the performer route. I don't know if selfish is the right word, but I just felt like like music was meant to be shared in a way. Um, so, I did a lot of research and um, figured out that music therapy seemed like my path. Um, I had had an experience with a little girl who was autistic um, when I was in a, a musical in The Wizard of Oz one time, and she was just really drawn to my character as Glinda the Witch. And she was a kiddo that um, couldn't carry on a reciprocal conversation, but when you put her up there, she knew every word to every song and all the words to the play and, you know, just really thrived in that environment. And that really, you know, showed me, um, you know, the power of music in that way. So, um, I left the Caribbean and I went to uh, school at Cal state Northridge, um, got the pleasure and honor of studying under, uh, Ron Borzon as well as some other fabulous professors. And, um, yeah started that journey and did my um my time there and then delved into the life of a professional music therapist um at first in a part-time way um i think that i've shared the story with you uh, which is part of why we're here but i um have done a lot of moving around so um the first two places that we moved uh which were Bellingham Washington and then Anchorage Alaska I had a, a part-time private practice, and then finally we moved to Buffalo, New York, which is a—Buffalo and Rochester are a very thriving music therapy community, um, and there I went from um, zero to full-time in less than two years, so that's sort of that journey, and then uh, we ended up moving again, uh, and then now I'm on a different path, um, uh, working for a, a nonprofit private school um, as a music therapist there. Um, so lots of different experiences to share about.
0: Awesome. So, I mean, Alaska is the one that sticks out for me. Um, and I, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I feel like that's the most, I wouldn't even think of music therapy in Alaska. It seems like, are there, you know, enough people to (laughs) provide services to like, what was that like? So absolutely. We, um, I was one of maybe
1: four or five, five in the state of Alaska whenever you would check uh you know cbmt.org and do the the search um i contacted a lot of them when i moved there i only found two that were actually practicing actually one that was practicing the other one was on a uh, maternity leave and um there is definitely a demand i ended up working with a music student who was a senior in high school at the time and she um, came to me for um, uh, voice and uh, piano lessons so that she could be prepared for her music therapy degree that she was going to get. Now she is a uh, board certified music therapist. Um, Hi, Devin Inch, if you're out there. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, and and I had told her, you know, the demand is high in Alaska. Um, once the word got out, I was contacted constantly. For some reason, Google still thinks I live there and uh, people will still contact <laughs> me from Alaska. Um, but I actually got to the point where I was working with a nonprofit agency called Stone Soup Group and um, actually got a, a waiver for services. And right right before we left, uh, you know, got a waiver where um, they were going to cover a year of services um, payment for a year of services uh with one of the kiddos. The mom was a huge advocate plus the work through Stone Soup Group there in Anchorage. Um so that was tough to to walk away from and not hand it to someone else. Yeah. You know, not have somebody else to say, here's the money. You know, here is the funding to provide these services for this kiddo. Um and probably more to come. Um and wasn't able to do that. So um, yeah the, Anybody that wants
0: to move to Anchorage, there's, uh, there's definitely a demand. Awesome, yeah, I, that's what I was thinking about saying. Like, if you, if you're thinking about moving to Alaska, then obviously, yep. interesting. That's not what I would have guessed. So, is that similar or different to your experience in, um, in Washington? Uh, yeah. So in Bellingham, um,
1: my work primarily was um, I worked with a another nonprofit agency there, doing um, group work with. Um, victims of domestic violence. So I did some group work with the kids and some group work with families that had become homeless. Um, So there was a big family centered environment there. Um, So that was some of the work that I did. I also had private music therapy clients as well as did um, started my early childhood uh, music program there uh, with a music therapy base. So it was not music therapy. I wasn't doing documentation. Um, but it certainly was what I called goal-based. Um, and the, the specific preschool that I was doing it at was like an arts preschool. So they really valued that I was a music therapist doing that there. Um, part of that experience brought me to, in uh, Bellingham brought me to, uh, my YouTube channel, which is, um, life rhythm So that's my, uh, my website. And then, um, I posted a video this, this kind of random video, uh, that I did. I was pregnant at the time. Um, it's before we had guitar tuners on our phone. So I always cringe when I hear it because my I feel like my guitar was out of tune, but um <laughs> but this this random video that I posted now has over 500,000 views. Um and, you know, at for a year's period, um, you know, was getting, you know, 12,000 views a month kind of thing. So wow. Um, careful what you put out there on YouTube, you know, you never know what's gonna, it's gonna happen, but, um, it, it inspired me to do more of those. So that came out of that Bellingham experience.
0: So you, let's see, so, so far you had a private practice, you did music therapy based stuff that wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. music therapy. You started the, started this online, um, I guess yeah, the YouTube business. channel yeah YouTube channel you yeah. got a website we'll we'll get into that later so everyone can find it because you have <laughs> awesome resources up there oh, um, and are you know if I'm ever thinking I'm like I don't know what's planned for this this individual or this session lots of inspiration on um, from your stuff so how did you other than not doing documentation how did you distinguish between a music therapy group and your music therapy based group yeah how did you yeah.
1: But it's all about, um, you know, whether did I did I do a formal assessment and did do I do documentation? Do I take data? I mean, that is the distinction, right? That's the distinction between are we just doing a music group or are we doing specific music therapy? And um, I actually have a different fee structure for that, Um, you know, if I'm doing a group that I'm required to um, you know, to do data in, and, and, um, and do documentation, then that's a different fee structure for me than if I'm, you know, invited to, to facilitate a group that's, um, that's not doing those things. Yeah. So, and honestly, I, I, and I need to say this out loud, as a, as a business per- person that is very busy, sometimes those gigs where they wanted that music therapy based group was very, very, you know, exciting for me, you know, to just have a moment, you know, give yourself a moment that you can just take a step back and just, you know, it's just do the music, you know, just connect with the kids and not need to, you know, spend 30 minutes of documentation after. Um, So I allowed myself as a business owner to have those times, you know, when when I did both of those things. Um, And I think that that's absolutely okay.
0: Yeah, I also, this is funny, because I noticed on your website, you have birthdays listed. And that was something Mm -hmm. that a client had mentioned to me last week that had never crossed my mind, you know, oh, we had a music therapist come and do our birthday party. And it was amazing. And I was thinking, why have I not thought of that? That is such a great idea. And like you said, you can just go and be present with the music. And in a way, it can turn into this awesome advocacy thing. So what has your experience been doing that?
1: Oh my gosh. I love doing birthday parties and I wish I would get more of them around where I am now. Um, I did them quite often, uh, in Buffalo. Um, so, and I would, you know, I wouldn't put at the very top that they're kind of catered to people with special needs, but I would put that down below a little bit as far as a business perspective, because I didn't want to run off people with typical developing children, um, But, you know, a lot of the kids that I did the parties for were very high functioning kids with special needs. And so they needed me as a music therapist to be able to know that, you know, I'm not going to bring the tambourine to this one. You know, I'm going to bring my drums that, you know, are the Remo, you know, um, comfort sound technology or something like that. You know, I'm going to know those things or this is a party for um, you know, for a one-year-old and there's going to be kids there that might have a startle reflex that I need to not have these certain instruments. So, you know, as a music therapist, I was able to bring those kind of elements, um, to the birthday party. Loved it. I have this like full sequin sparkle jacket that I wear. Um, you know, as like my costume and, I went through a phase for a while where I had to sing "Let It Go" at every single birthday party, <laughs> every single birthday party, and um, yeah. So uh, I'm luckily we're past that phase now. But
0: <laughs> yeah, now it's probably that Moana, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I haven't done one in a while because uh, I haven't quite gotten into the niche of that here. Um, but I was doing them so often um, whenever I was in. Um, I did Bellingham, Anchorage, and then I, also in uh, in Buffalo as well.
0: Yeah. That must provide a really unique experience too to get the families involved. Mm-hmm. To see what you're doing, what's possible, how what are some of the profound experiences you had with that?
1: Well, so at the at the birthday parties, um I always brought business cards. Yeah. Because it it was, you know, that and I would give um, everybody I had these postcards made up. So these are things like from a business perspective. So the business perspective of music therapy is something that they don't teach you in school so much.
0: Yeah, right. For sure. How how much did you have on that? I I think I attended a session at a conference that one of my professors just happened to be leading about private practice. And even things she mentioned things like if you're in a location where there are other businesses, make sure you have your own bathroom because other businesses might not understand, you know, when your clients like, go to what? the bathroom. And I was like, that's a great idea. Why didn't we talk about that in school?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and so we're about 10 years apart from school. You know, I went to school later in life and, um, you know, and, and so they're still not teaching it, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I really would advocate, you know, to um, universities out there, you know, to make that part of your program, um, a little bit like a, like just a one semester business course um, about what it's like, you know, to really prepare people. Uh, I have lots of opinions and thoughts about that, that, um, you know, I'm happy to share with people um, if they'd like to to get in touch with me.
0: Uh, all right. What were we talking about? What was the main topic? Uh, birthdays, profound experiences birthdays. with family.
1: Yeah. So, so I would always take, take my business cards. And I also had this postcard that I did that, um, you know, said, you know, I don't know what it was 10 or $20 off of a, um, off of a class. If you take a class, um, if you do, um, either an adapted lesson or a music lesson or music therapy, you know, I think it was 20 bucks, you know, to take 20 bucks off of, off of your first one. Um, and so that, you know, that helped to generate business and helped to bring, you know, some people around plus just word of mouth. Um, you know, I, I have, done advertising, very targeted advertising, um, in print targeted advertising on Facebook. Um, uh, but honestly, word of mouth is your best friend. So go where you go, where you're going, do a great job and, um, you know, promote for the people that are are doing that word of mouth for you, you know, Hey, if you do a referral, I'll, you know, give you 20 bucks off of your, you know, a session or something like that um, you know, just as motivation, but, um, word of mouth is huge, especially in like special needs communities. Um, most of my focus is special needs. So that's kind of why I keep referring to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, um, gosh, there were so many good nuggets in there. Um, I'm trying to think of which one to pick out. It just, what you said, like a whole course on business, but specifically to what we do, it should mm-hmm. definitely be offered. You're so right. I'm circling back. Um, So thank you. Thank you for saying that. So here, I am, I'm contracted through two music therapy agencies, and I never envisioned I'd be there. I thought I'd be like nine to five music therapist in some location, go to the same place every day kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. that's not where I ended up. And even though I'm not on my own, I have these filters and these systems in place to follow. There's definitely times where I'm like, why didn't I learn this? You know, uh, even just Going to people's homes for the first time and being comfortable in my own skin or being prepared to ask questions or, you know, if the session is in the living room and that's not really the correct environment to have it, how do I address that with the family and say, hey, can we try a different location? You know, things like that would be um, really beneficial to talk about in school, I think.
1: Yeah. And and that's not that's not black and white. It's not cut and dry, you know, about how to handle those situations. And a lot of that is just life experience. Um, But certainly, um, you know, some basics. Um, So for anybody that wants to, um, to do those types of things, um, I can make some recommendations on some rock star music therapists um, that offer some things like that. And um, so um, uh, Kat Fulton uh, is a superstar rock star on um, developing a business and also um, running a business and being a rock star music therapist. Uh, how does she put it? A, uh, a rock star in healthcare or allied healthcare or something like that. You know, she's she's awesome. Um, and then Christine Stevens also. Um, I did a from the business perspective, I did a monthly mentoring program with her uh, that was super beneficial. Um, And she does just a a small group. You meet once a month by um, a a Google Hangout kind of thing where everybody you can see everybody's face. Um, So you're not only learning from her, but you're also learning from all the other really talented, um, business owners, um, that, that are in the group as well. So, uh, those are two people that I highly recommend. Um, and you know, music therapy ed has great, uh, great resources for, um, uh, getting your CMTEs and stuff. Um, and then that monthly mentoring program with Christine Stevens, uh, for business for, for private Business owners and people starting their business, it should have a waiting list because it was really that beneficial.
0: Those are great. I'll, I'll also find links to those and put them in the show notes because those. sound Yeah, that'd great. be great. So, yeah. I'm sure because you obviously you moved a ton. How did you prep to leave one location, start out in another one, start over again, do all this word of mouth stuff again, build up your caseload? How how did you do that? How did you Yeah. Plan all to do that at once.
1: You know, I'm not going to lie to you.
0: It's super stressful.
1: Yeah. yeah, It's super stressful. Um, Being a part of the music therapy community was really beneficial. Being a part of AMTA was very beneficial. Um, You know, you, you're part of a community. We are a small little community. When you look at how many music therapists there are in, in the, in the, country, you know, and then within even a state, how many there are. So there's not that many in the state of Washington. And I would reach out to different people in Washington, you know, help me to know how, you know, how are people getting services? You know, I would just email people and reach out and, you know, get it straight from their, from their mouth. Um, you know, people that I would just look up on, you know, the directory, um, I did the same thing with Alaska, you know, help, help me to understand, you know, what's happening with music therapy currently and where we can go with it. Another awesome, super awesome resource is, uh, I think Judy, is it Judy Simpson? Um, okay. Judy Simpson, uh, who is with, uh, AMTA. And when I moved to Alaska, Um, She was just on board helping me to understand um, how things worked there with with waivers and, um, you know, trying to get covers for services. And I was getting pushback from some special needs services um, where, uh, you know, she was willing to come to bat for me and say, you know, uh, music therapy is a related service and it can be on the IEP. Um, So she was very helpful in that process as well. <clears throat> when I got to Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, uh, Rochester, I'm going to include both of those in that because it's, it's a hub of music therapy. There's so much music therapy going on there. Yeah. Um, I, you know, zero to full time in less than two years and I had a waiting list. Um, you know, so yeah, it, it was, it was actually overwhelming to the point that it became not as
0: fun for me. So that's a good know, segue. That, so is that, th- yeah, is that when reality. you started getting subcontractors?
1: Yeah. Which is not my, that that's not my thing, you know? So so my thing is I want to go and I want to do music therapy. I love to write. I want to write how that, you know, that session um, made a, a change or a setback or what it did to that, you know, person's life. Uh, I want to talk about what they were when they walked in the door versus what they were when they left. I want to see the data and I want to see, you know, like that change over six months from this, you know, kid with autism who had zero vocalizations at the beginning. And now we're up to four, you know, I want to see those things. Do I want to do the website and the marketing (laughs) and the advertising and the invoicing and the accounting? No, I don't want to do any of those things. And so I learned that about myself and that's okay. I, I, I am, okay with that. I don't want contractors. I don't want to deal with that part of the business. Um, I want to go and I want to do what I do best. And what I do best is music therapy and documenting what happened. Um, But absolutely, you know, it, it, it took me doing it full time to know what the rest of my path should be. The rest of my path should be that I'm comfortable now in a space where I work uh, for a nonprofit school for kids with complex special needs called Latham centers on Cape God. And I am, um, you know, the music board certified music therapist and instructor of performing arts and wellness. It's my official title. And someone else does the website. Yeah. And someone else does the accounting and someone else does all the other things that I get to focus on just the thing that I am best at. Um, otherwise as a business owner, I felt like if I wouldn't, even on the weekend, if I wasn't doing something, I was procrastinating on something. There was something that I was not checking off from that checklist and from a self care model that doesn't work. If you feel like constantly like a sense of anxiousness and anxiety about like, I, I don't, I don't have everything done. That's not a calm feeling. And in order to be a therapist, you need to be in therapy. And, you know, if you can't be in therapy, at least do self-care. And I wasn't having that. So um, now my current situation is I work a full-time job with benefits. You know, they encourage and, you know, give me the opportunity to go to conferences for continuing education. And on the side, I have a small part-time private practice. And that's a really nice balance for me.
0: So that's my current situation. (laughs) Yeah. Well and that um obviously you didn't figure that all out overnight, you know?
1: Nope.
0: Yeah. That was ten years in the making. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I think that's important to note though, for people who are doing things and, you know, maybe at first it's like the shiny new thing and it's exciting. And I'm I'm gonna start my own business and I'm gonna do this. And if you're finding that it's not what you love doing then it's okay to let it go and in a responsible way obviously and and find something that does suit you better because you've just learned about yourself you know it's not a failure it's just Mm -hmm. a change in direction so what would be a piece of advice you would give to a business owner who is currently subcontracting i don't know if i'd be the best person to give that (laughs) advice um you know,
1: I'm part of a, a Facebook group that is um, awesome of business music therapy business owners. Um, I mean, I go to them for advice. Um, but as far as I could, I could say from a perspective of being a contractor.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's um, a good because, one too.
1: Yeah, because on top of you know of having my own contracts, I also was a contractor. Um, you know, it's it's important that you remember that you are part of another group that you are the face of that group um, you know that that what you're doing is representative of uh, whatever agency or your know, private practice or whatever that you're working for um, there's been a trend lately and um, this is a little bit on a side thing but I think worth mentioning that, um, I, that I've seen in my music therapy business uh, owners group is that um, people are getting out of college music therapists uh, new students new music therapists are getting out of college and they're starting a job with a private practice and it's becoming an in-between spot for them. It's it's like a a stepping stone. And that's, that doesn't work for people that own that private practice. It makes the people that own that private practice look like they don't have their stuff together that they can't keep an employee around. Um, You know, people are coming out of school and they're expecting to be making whatever amount of dollars and as an entry level music therapist, that's just not, you know, I know I'm going on a little bit of different, different track here, but um, it's important. You know, though. But, yeah, I, I think it's important for, for, for them to know. And and this is something that's said over and over again in this music therapy business owners group. So, um, you know, as a new professional, um, please keep in mind that if you are going to work for a private practice, that this is someone's livelihood. Yeah. In the day and age of people going in and out of jobs and, um, you know, not sticking to stuff. I, I get that. I'm I'm I get that, you know, things happen. But just remember that that's that person's livelihood, that you're representing that person and that business. And, um, you know, the the level of what an entry level music therapist should be getting is not what you read in the, you know, the survey that they do every year for AMTA. Yeah. Um. You know
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> good note good note yeah, because it's true um I know where where I'm located, there's some subcontract jobs that are listed you know via your you'll be paid by your experience level, and there's yeah. some that it's a fixed rate, yeah, you know, regardless of if you just got out of college or you've been doing this for a while and obviously you can work that out with whoever, but um, yeah, you need to be it, respectful of the people who have been doing this, and like they have a system in place for a reason.
1: If you come sure. in and you're rocking it, we've had this conversation. If yeah. you come <laughs> in and you're and you're rocking it, um, or you do come in and you have more experience, then that is not a fixed rate. You have the power to negotiate within reason and within your level of ability and your level of experience. Um, know what your worth is. um and absolutely, if you're working for someone um, in a private practice, you know it's it's worth a conversation after you've been there for a while, um, you know, to to negotiate that within reason, you know within within an appropriate reason for for what you're earning, what the rate is around town, what the cost of living is around town, and you know um, your relationship and your length of Higher and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know that a lot of business owners really value people that have been around, you know, for two years or three years, because sometimes that doesn't happen. Um, you know, people, it's a, it can be a transient um, kind of environment. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I, that's, I'm glad you said that because originally when you said um, private practice is being used as a stepping stone, I was thinking like, Three to five years and then switch out, but you're saying even less than three years and people are moving yep. on. Wow, yep. uh, yeah, that's not so, what was in my head. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, there's uh, there's people on you know, like I said, on the as far as music therapy business owners, um, that, that you know, that's that's a frustrating place to be in. For sure. Absolutely. So.
0: Yeah, that puts it into perspective. Thank you for sharing that. So now you're in a more traditional, I guess you could say, setting. Yeah. Yeah. You. So you have. Um, this nonprofit that takes care of all the hairy business stuff that's not your forte which is great Mm -hmm. and every time (laughs) we talk they sound super supportive of everything you're doing and even your job title you're a music therapist you're also would you say the music coordinator instructor of performing arts and wellness and wellness I think that having having that is so important because even if we dropped the music therapist and it was just instructor of performing arts and wellness. I feel like that's even closer than some people get in their job titles to what we actually do. So tell us oh, about absolutely. that.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, um, I, re- I moved here in August of 2017 to Cape Cod. I live in Chatham, Massachusetts, and um, it's, uh, you know, a small town out here, um, you know, definitely small town this is you know buffalo is the second largest city in state of new york so i went from zero to full time yes but there's so many opportunities there so you know i was really not excited about having to start up a business again like you know again here we go again and i got here and literally the first week i read the job description um of this job and said that's me um, and I am very, I feel, you know, um, very honored to be there. I, I feel like very supported and like they're honored to have me there, um, which is a great, you know, reciprocal, um, relationship. And, um, I get to, uh, you know, incorporate my work with, uh, the, the school is called Latham Centers and it's, uh, students from ages 10 to 22, Um, half of the population, um, has PWS, which is Prater-Willi syndrome. Look it up. Uh, definitely, um, we save lives every day. Uh, these kiddos otherwise, um, are, uh, basically they never feel full. They never, um, are, uh, they have high anxiety over, uh, food seeking behaviors, um, they come to us sometimes at 400 pounds. Um, we've had kids lose, lose 200 pounds. I mean, um, literally uh, they could be in a situation where they ate themselves to death and, you know, we are a food secure environment. Um, you know, we're, we're saving lives every day and it's super rewarding, very, very challenging, but, um, super rewarding. Um, the, uh, other half of the population is, uh, kids with trauma backgrounds. And many of them are under DCF. So, uh, many of them don't have homes to go home to and things like that. Um, some of our kiddos, uh, do have very loving homes and some of them, a lot of them uh, don't. So, uh, it's a very intense environment, um, with the higher the challenge, the higher the reward maybe. Um, but, uh, one of the Things that is a common thread among all of them that they uh, relate to is music, and so we have this universal language. Where um, you know, the, once I found out what what their potential was, what they were capable of, uh, the sky's the limit. And you know, we do, we do four performances a year. We're about to do a full-length musical. Um, I do adaptive music lessons with 13 to 15 kids um, at a time on piano, ukulele, guitar, voice, or drums. Um, I have uh, you know, a couple students that have music therapy on their IEP, and we're working to increase that. Um, and then each of the classes, there's seven classes, and I do 14 classes a week. Um, all, you know, music therapy, um, designed classes with visual schedules, um, many of the behaviors that, uh, our students, uh, show they're either on the autistic spectrum or they have those types of needs, um, for visual schedules, you know, um, music to help them with transitions, um, you know, boundaries, you know, I have a little, um, you know, before they can have a hug they just want to come up, you know, you know, they have to say in a sentence, you know, may I have a hug, please? And then they not only have to sing the song to me in a full sentence, they have to wait for my answer. You know, these are the things that we, we deal with. You know, we're going trying to go to class in the middle and we're incorporating, you know, hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to class we go. You know, so these, these musical transitions for them are super important. Um, and so I, I feel very highly valued there as a music therapist and I'm very appreciative for that opportunity.
0: Yeah. Well, so it sounds like you have a ton going on and if I, it sounds wonderful and you sound so passionate about it, but to, to me, the idea of doing a full length musical and performances and doing all that is super overwhelming. So how, how do you keep all that under wraps, you know? So Um, plus being a mom
1: and a wife and and all that stuff. Um, so the the performance element has always been a big, a big thing for me. Um, when we, I was in Buffalo, we did, um, we did, uh, I would call it recital and music share. So even my, my little buddy, uh, even one of my favorite clients in Buffalo, who was a quadriplegic, and his contribution was he would do a vocalization when given a musical cue. And all the way up to you know my high school student who's preparing to go to music, you know, study music in college, all of us would get together for these recitals. and I would have, you know, it started you know with ten, and then it ended up to you know twenty five kids that would be, um, you know would be performing right performing i mean the the goal is can you stand up in front of people and do anything because that is an accomplishment in itself yeah
0: it doesn't totally. matter what
1: they do or what comes out of their mouth D- can you stand up in front of a, a crowd of people and do anything and they did it and you know so proud i cried every time um but you know my my little buddy you know that you know, everybody would be like waiting, waiting. And it Literally, it felt like two minutes, you know, for, for him to make his one little. ah, And then the whole room would erupt. Like, that's what it's all about. You know, he was one of my music therapy clients and he's got, you know, three siblings and they all do recitals and dance concerts and, and all this stuff. And what what does he get to do? That was so important to my practice and still is um, to do those recital and music share days. Um, so that even those who, the goal is just to stand up in front of a group of people and not freak out, um, you know, it was an accomplishment. Uh, so I love that element of, uh, of doing those and, um, you know, lots of practice for that. Um, but some of them just um, primarily before in Buffalo, I've worked with a ton. Most of my kiddos were, um, kids with autism from ages two to 10. So, I mean, they just would get so excited about it. And it just was, you know, everybody needs a goal. Everybody needs something to look forward to. Um, and, you know, so that was something that, you know, that we would set as a goal and, and work for, and, um, just it was as continues to be such an important part. So any um, business owners out there, I highly recommend incorporating that. Right now, you know, I only have just a handful of uh, combination of music therapy, um, adapted music and regular music lessons, but we're still going to do, you know, we're still going to do a spring, a spring uh, recital. And one of those kiddos um, has cerebral palsy and, you know, we're going to hope that he has his moment when he does that one vocalization, Uh, And the whole room will probably erupt in applause. So, you know, that's that's what I live for. That, and I definitely am passionate about it for sure.
0: Yeah, your voice just exudes that passion for that. So, (laughs) I think your your mention of a goal, because obviously everything we do is goal based, and Mm -hmm. um, I sometimes struggle with, you know, my goal is X Y Z for this client. And some days they just don't want to work on that goal. Like they don't want to do that intervention. And from a humanistic perspective, I need to circle back and say, okay, that's fine. Today we're not going to get to it. But to design this goal, this performance goal with the client, and then help them to see that through, I think is an amazing way to remain goal-based and And client-centered. Absolutely. That's awesome. And I can just... I can just imagine the amount of self-confidence, the self-confidence boost they must get when it's not only you saying, great job, like, awesome, let's do it again in a session, but it's a whole crowd of people once they know. Clapping for yeah, them. Yeah, once yeah. they know and they don't know, and their peers, and you, and just, that must be an amazing feeling for them. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: Overwhelming.
0: Yes. Also overwhelming, but, but but amazing.
1: And, you know, I always had, um, you'll, you'll watch a video from, from the recitals and, um, because I did them in Billingham. I did them in Alaska. I did them in, in Buffalo and we're getting ready to do it here on Cape Cod. FYI, I'm trying not to move anymore. We we, we (laughs) found our happy spot and we're trying to stay put. Um, but you know that, um, they don't, they don't have a lot of times when people are all clapping for
0: them or focused on them. Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. focused on them. Yeah, you know,
1: and um as overwhelming as as it may be, they need to learn, you know, to to be able to stand up in front of people and do something. Um so and then I I gotta admit, it's it's a ton of work. Yeah. It it, it adds a lot of extra work.
0: It's like um, a whole side project.
1: It is, but it's so awesome and rewarding. It's so rewarding. And, you know, the parent feedback, you know, I never thought my kid would be able to do that and you know the hugs after and that kind of stuff you know i'm a hugger you know i mean um absolutely you know that's it's just all worth it and um you know to know that you might have made a little little change in that person's life you know to be able to do that is just so special and um so at my school right now <clears throat> once i found out what they could do like phew, all right so and i set my all my curriculum i set my own sessions you know i do everything but Um, you know, so I, I kind of joke when I get all a little bit stressed about how much I have to do because I'm the one that put it on myself, (laughs) but, um, we, uh, are producing this musical called schoolhouse rock live junior. Um, and I have awesome team. See, here's where that team thing comes in. I have this awesome team that like wrote these grants to get us it funded. If I was a small business owner. I wouldn't be able to do this stuff. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I, they write grants and I have all the instruments that I, that I could want. So there yeah. you go. There, there's small business owner, you know, where, you know, you have to really budget for that stuff versus working for someone. And this is just my perspective, like having been on both sides that now, you know, I've, I want, you know, this whole set of, you know, Remo um, comfort Sound Technology drums, and someone writes a grant for me, you know, and um, you know, and then they, it happens, you know? um, So we have gr- great grant writers where we are, and um, great funding for programs like that on Cape Cod. Um, so thank you very much, uh, Federated Church of Orleans and Arts Foundation of Cape Cod. Shout out. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So um, so yeah, so we're doing uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Uh, junior Schoolhouse Rock Live Junior, um, and you know we got the whole show kit from Music Theater International, and it's just you know I, I I've we're 20 days out right now, 20 days out, and um, many of them have already memorized their script. I, I mean these are things that no one, I'm not going to say no one, I don't like that word, that, that few people believed in them enough to know that they could accomplish this. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Let's just, let's go for it. Let's shoot for it. You know, let's just give it a try because the only thing that could happen is they have to hold the script and while they do it. But I just felt like I knew that they could do it. And we're 20 days out and a lot of them already have the script down and they have memorized this like 45 to 60 minute show. Um, dances and blocking and it's and and we only meet once a week wow and these are kids with um you know complex special needs um dual diagnosis all of them have have you know more than one diagnosis um but they they are so proud of themselves they carry their script around school you know like they talk about it all the time if someone tries to take them off on fridays somewhere they're like i have rehearsal I mean, they take it so seriously and, um, it's just, it's awesome.
0: So, you know, that's, it's giving them something to have pride in, obviously that goal. Yeah. That their goal.
1: Yeah. So this is not music therapy, you know, but this is how I'm using my skills as a music therapist to make this happen for those kids. So, you know, if I'm not doing assessment and documentation and all these things in my life from a, from a professional perspective, I am being fulfilled because I'm using my skills as a music therapist to make accomplish this team goal. You know, we call it like go team, you know, my, this team goal with these students. And it's just awesome.
0: That's also it's so fun. Um, a good example of the words are escaping me, but the the reversal of setting goals to achieve them versus seeing what goals are achieved by the end so you obviously you said you know our ultimate goal is to do this without a script you probably didn't write that down to document the progress of that but at the end of this process you will have that accomplished to say like you know it's it's music as therapy still yeah yeah
1: which which goes back to my main reason for wanting to go down this path as a music therapist which is you know, I wanted, I I wanted to be of service. I wanted to use my talent, which is music and, but also be of service to people. Yeah. So music therapy, you know, I I didn't like going to school to start, so I didn't want to be a teacher. Um, you know, (laughs) this, this, uh, this is a different, this is different than just being a music teacher. You know, I, I, I didn't want to be a music teacher. And when I heard, and I read and I saw about music therapy and then also incorporating that first experience. Her name was Rachel. I wish I could find her so I could tell her how inspiring she was for me. The little girl with autism um, that was in wizard of Oz with me. Uh, I wish I could find her family, um, you know, to tell them how she really um, changed my life. You know, she really uh, that one child's experience and and seeing how she couldn't really carry on a conversation otherwise, but she knew every single word to the play and she could do it. You know, that was that was completely inspiring. I would love to find her. It'd be awesome. Um but, you know it takes you back to to what that main reason was why I became a music therapist. Um, you know, whether I'm doing actual, you know, a music actual music therapy session or I'm using those skills as a music therapist um, you know, to work on those those goals. Uh, with my preferred population, which is, um, you know, kiddos with special needs. So,
0: yeah, it sounds like you found the perfect setting for you after all this traveling and all the trials and tribulations. It sounds like you found the right fit.
1: Yeah. I don't like the word perfect.
0: Okay. I take I think, it back. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't like the word perfect. I don't, I don't like the word can't, um, perfection is something that uh, is, is, you know, never going to be attained, but I found a very happy place do not get me wrong. It is extremely challenging where I work is, is extremely challenging. But like I said, for all of those challenges, the reward, it makes the reward even greater. Um, but you know, we have a lot of behaviors at our school and we, you know, work together as a team to keep kids safe and save lives every single day. And, um, you know, so yeah, it's, it's my happy place.
0: Awesome. Thank you for bringing that full circle. Because sometimes when we look at uh, publications or even have conversations like this, it sounds like all these amazing things are happening and they're memorizing their scripts and they're doing this and they don't want to miss out on Fridays. And for someone else in a similar situation who's also experiencing the day to day, it can seem seem kind of like, well, why isn't, you know, it's sunshine and rainbows for me too. And it's not that it's just work and ways talking about our highlight reel, which is awesome. We should do that. We, we should highlight all the wonderful things that happened. But thank you for grounding it and saying, yeah, you know, it's okay to struggle too. No,
1: absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the things, um, you know, when you invited me to, to come talk to you today is, you know, I wanted to get out there that, you know, maybe private practice is for you. You know, maybe it is, but I also want you to look at all the elements of it that go into it. You know, maybe working at a nonprofit school for kids with complex special needs is for you, but you also need to look at all the sides of it, um, you know, because, yeah, I, you know, I'll shoot out rainbows and sunshine for sure. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, there's also some nitty gritty parts of is. That's why we call it work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well I mean, that's
0: why that's why it's work you know? Um, and so, yeah. Thank you. All right. Are you ready to move into some rapid fire questions? Sure. Alrighty. The questions are fast, but, um, or short, but your answers don't have to be. We'll we'll warm up with some easy ones. Coffee okay. or tea? tea? Tea. Awesome. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I used to be a night owl. Now I just have to be an early bird because I'm a mom. (laughs) I think that a lot of people will say that. Yeah. Something you would tell your younger self. Do it all the same way over again. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Your elevator pitch for music therapy. Okay. Uh, What is music therapy? Yep. Well,
1: music therapy uses music experiences to work on non-music goals. Perfect. I start with that. And then if they want to expand on that, then we do, but that's my, that's my one liner. It music therapy uses music experiences to work on non-music goals. And sometimes that's all the time you get. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if they want to go into more then I usually give concrete examples. Um, you know, I'll say, you know, um, well, you know, if I got a kid that's working on fine motor skills um, and, you know, trying to learn how to zip up his zipper, you know, then I'll have him hold a pick and work on strumming a ukulele, you know, to simulate that, you know, that kind of motion. You know, I'll give an example of, you know, some kids, you know, won't, you know, necessarily Uh, have a conversation with you. But musically, they'll do a back and forth, you know. So I usually try to give concrete examples after that rather than just more definition.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's really too bad that we don't have more opportunities to show. Because I think when when people see it with their own eyes, when they experience it, they get it, they might not understand Mm -hmm. how what is happening is happening, but they get it. And it's really hard to to verbally express all the things that happened.
1: Well, it's true. And, you know, um, I, t- I mean, the world is full of pushback, Pull, full of pushback. You know, there's so many times that I, I, you know, I was told by a very educated, seemingly educated group of people in a special, special education IEP meeting, you know, that, um, you know, well, they – They do, they do, they play Mozart in the classroom. You know, he doesn't need music therapy on his, on his IEP. You know, they play Mozart in the classroom.
0: I I mean, how do you respond to that? I think that's probably super common too. (laughs) At
1: that point, like they had all the documentation that I had. And, and, you know, as a music therapist, I over document because I feel like we got something to prove. And I'll see the the stuff from the speech therapist or the whoever. Um, and I'm like, whoa, I wrote three times as much as them. Um, because I feel like I have to, you know, I got something to prove. And she, you know, they had all that evidence right there. And they still told me that they weren't going to prove it because they play Mozart in the classroom. That's nice. That's so nice.
0: Maybe we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll have you back on the podcast in X amount of years and... <laughs> the, the conversation will be different. Everyone's calling you asking to do music therapy on the IEP and <laughs> someday we'll, well get they, there.
1: Well, there was equally lots of people that really appreciated it. Yeah. But there's always gonna be there's always gonna be be that those people that even when you provide them with evidence, research and all those things, that they're just not you know, they're just not changing their minds. So yeah. We
0: start with the basic basic elevator sentence and then we move on from there. Yeah, for sure. Eventually we won't have to, right. It'll be like saying, Oh, I'm an OT or I'm exactly. a path. Right. <laughs> your favorite self-care practice. The beach. Good one.
1: Yeah. I'm, I moved to the beach. I've always lived, um, you know, within driving distance of the beach. And I mean, as far as like, I grew up in North Carolina And I could drive two hours to the beach, you know, so I'm saying not like middle America. Um, But then I've also lived in places where I could walk out my door and be at the beach. And it's just, you know, I never, ever take that for granted. Um, The rhythm of the ocean is something that is just like a rhythm of my life.
0: Well said. (laughs) That'd be a beautiful haiku. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Something that is currently adding value to your life?
1: Well, always adding value, my son. Yeah. Yeah, he's seven and just has wide eyes to the world. And, um, you know, being a parent can be very frustrating and can be very um, challenging. But also, again, you know, the higher the challenge, the greater the reward. So, yeah. Yeah, he adds value every day.
0: Wonderful. (laughs) Your favorite intervention? And feel free to perform it if you'd like or just explain it.
1: Oh, my favorite intervention. You know, I'm going to go because I work with teenagers now. And I miss so much working with the little littles. I miss them. Uh, You know, I wish in my schedule I had time to do a – like an early childhood class. I used to do <clears throat> early childhood classes. Um, if anybody's looking to do early childhood classes, um, sprouting melodies um, has a wonderful program. Uh, it's all from uh, two amazing music therapists. Um, they have a training program. You get CMTs for it. And you also learn a lot about, um, you know, how to work with kids in early childhood, lots of song ideas and stuff like that. So, I will go back to my uh, early childhood time while working with kids with autism Um, segue into, um, I've got tons of these on my YouTube channel. Okay. So um, that is life rhythm music, uh, YouTube uh, channel, life rhythm music. And um, gosh, my favorite. Um, So Let's see. I've got one that um, is uh, walking through the jungle. It's like the first song on on that um, the video that I did that's got too many crazy views. Uh, but it just goes. Uh, so we're doing alternating hands on the drum. Um, walking through the jungle, playing to the beat. Walking through the jungle what do we see and then a drum roll there see and stop okay so just in that 10 seconds of what they're doing we're doing gross motor you know alternating hands we're doing following directions like non-verbal directions by you know doing the, the drum roll there and then and stop we're covering impulse control and more following directions and like less than 10 seconds.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, that's the beauty of music. Right. Um, And then for my kiddos that are, you know, verbal and are able to, um, they can come up with what animal they see. Uh, There's been variations on this throughout time. I had one little kid who uh, he wanted to do um, walking through the Sahara. Okay. Now what? Not walking through the Arctic. And he, you know, he would come up with the thing and then we'd, um, you know, so that was, really fun. Um, other variations and adaptations that I've had on it are to have animal cards for my nonverbal kiddos or for my kiddos who are, um, not, not verbal because they're too little. Uh, you know, so given them a choice of two, you know, what do you see? Do you see the, the panda or do you see the giraffe, you know, and letting them choose, um, and then making that animal sound. Um, I always do hands up before we start. So, and then one, to ready play uh so that one is always really fun
0: for sure yeah <laughs> that's a great one I did see that one on your your YouTube channel and thought wow that's a great idea you know like you said simple but super complex and all the things you're working on yeah another
1: one is um I do one um called listen to my drum these are both songs that I wrote um, listen to my drum where, um, you know, we do listen to my drum go boom, boom, boom. Um, and then they, it's a call and response. And then we do things like, listen to my drum go tap, 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 you know, and I say it in a whisper, um, wish, wish, wish. Um, you know, so we do all these different patterns on the drum. We do a circle and we do, um, tap, tap, tap just with fingertips. A wish, 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 like in a, a sweeping motion. And these are all just when I first introduced the drum to early childhood, where we learned that it's not just about beating it. You know, it's not just about banging on it. Sometimes we want to bang on it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we benefit from just banging the crap out of the drum. You know, I tell my, my high school students, I'm like, if you're going to hit something, hit the drum, Yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but that's another good one, too, especially when you're first introducing the drum to, um, to kids in a music therapy session um, is to introduce like, look at all these different ways, you know, we do where we tap on the side of the drum, um, you know, so they're introduced in that first introduction for the drum. You know, I do that song for my high school students, too, um, you know, just as an introduction for um, for different ways to play the drum you know, it's not all just, you know, bang on it. Um, And then that way they can incorporate that like an improvisation or call and response improv um, that we incorporate later, they can incorporate those things. Um, If they are verbal, I like to incorporate saying the words as well as the motions. I think that that's beneficial um, as well. There's two.
0: Yeah, thank you. Those are both great. Those are both great. All right. (laughs) And I haven't done a video on that,
1: on the other one maybe I should
0: do that maybe you will yeah <laughs> if you if you see that video if you make it and anyone listening sees the video let her know that you found it from from the podcast <laughs> so we were waiting for go. this so so your life rhythm music is your youtube channel where else can people find you so
1: um my website is life rhythm music.com so uh, it's Life for the Music Therapy, but I just put Life for the Music to kind of keep it a little bit more wide and broad. Um, the purpose, I'm actually about to do some changes on my website um, because I'm not really using it so much as a platform for advertising. I'm using it more for, um, you know, I, I want to use it more for music tools and tips Uh, just like I am the YouTube channel. So it's going to be kind of segueing into less advertising uh, of services and more um, what I call music tools and tips for early childhood and kids with special needs. So that's the focus music tools and tips for early childhood and kids with special needs. And then the focus on that uh, and on the videos is not necessarily to turn them on for the kiddos, But um, for parents, educators, other music therapists, that's more of what the focus is. So they're more um, instructional in the sense of, you know, these are ways that you can utilize these. These are goals that we might work on. Um, But I've also thought about incorporating um, more something like music playlists that parents could turn on for kids um, where they're getting the benefit of me not talking over it, you know, just the structure of the song. So, yeah. Awesome. Do you have uh, social media stuff too
0: or are those the two primary? I do.
1: Yep, yep, Facebook. I can only handle one. I can only handle limited social media things. So, gotcha. uh I mostly uh, just do Facebook with life for the music as well and um yeah.
0: Wonderful. So, if you're looking for all these great resources that we talked about, uh, I'll link the ones that are not you. I'll also link Life rhythm music and all that stuff, so people can find it, uh, see these interventions that you explained, and all the other awesome stuff that you have going on. So, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Thank you for making the time. You had awesome insight on all the things we talked about. So,
1: absolutely. Thank you so much, Trisha, and. best of luck with the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for helping this idea become a reality.
0: (laughs) I'm super excited. So yeah, absolutely.
1: And um, maybe we'll find something else to talk about in the future. For sure. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Well, Thank you so much. I really appreciate
0: it. You too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You as well. Wasn't that an amazing conversation? Sarah Jane just has so much passion about all the things she's doing, all the experiences she had. She has so much to share and I truly always enjoy having the opportunity to talk with her. She she is such a light and um, just so willing to have honest conversations about what's lighting her up what she's learned giving advice and answering questions so again please check out all of her stuff on the interwebs and we'll see you in the next episode Thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. If you're interested in being on an episode or have someone in mind that we should interview, please let us know by emailing us at feedback at musictherapychronicles.com. Thanks again for tuning in.